0: morning. If I were to say to you this morning, uh, how much do you know about Enoch? How much could you tell me? How many places in the Bible is Enoch mentioned? Two major places, yes. But he's mentioned in genealogy, of course, in several places. But he's mentioned in Jude. And I want to just start there this, this morning. So this is the third place that it says something about Enoch. And this was quite interesting to look at this. I was looking at it last night and this morning again. And you find out things about the Bible that you never knew. And unless the Lord can show you and teach you what's going on, sometimes we come to this place where we question things and say, why this, why that, why is this in the Bible? It doesn't make sense to us. And I think that's mainly the way things are, apart from the Spirit of God coming and enlightening us when it comes to anything, any scripture, the lives of the patriarchs, no matter what it is. In Jude, in verse 5 and verse 6, verse 6 says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, has he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. And... In the verses leading up to where it talks about, or mentions something about Enoch, it's talking about leaving or an apostasy from a particular belief or whatever, a, a position. It talks about the angels, that there was an apostasy. They left their first estate, the place that God created them. In uh, verse 12, these are spots in your love feasts. And he's still talking about those who have left or those who are in moral decline. And he, verse 13, he says, Raging waves of the sea, he's still talking about them. And in verse 14, Now Enoch, the, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. Now, where did Jude get this? Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his angels. Well, in looking at this, this comes as a, almost a direct quote from the book of Enoch. Now, that may be a surprise to you. Some of you have never even heard of that book. But just because it's quoted from a book, It can be truth, but not necessarily doesn't mean that that book is inspired. And I'm not going to go into that, but this book was written after Enoch lived, and they don't uh, attribute that book to him as writing it. That's not in our Bible, by the way. some, Some of you don't know that. But anyway, Jude quotes this one section from the book of Enoch, and it says here, that he prophesied or he preached would be another way to say that he preached about the judgment to come. So that was probably something in his generation Enoch was preaching or teaching or witnessing or whatever to people related to the judgment to come. And that was probably something that people said about Enoch that came down several generations. Now in Hebrews... We're familiar with this portion of Scripture. Hebrews 11, by faith, this is 11.5, by faith Enoch was taken away, so that he, or as the King James says, he was translated so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. This word testimony here, I want to give you some meanings of this word. Uh, It means to witness of. It means to provide information about a person uh, that the speaker has a direct knowledge of. Uh, It means to speak well of a person on the basis of personal experience. So Enoch had a personal experience with God And he spoke literally and his heart and life spoke of that personal experience or that relationship. And it says that Enoch prophesied or preached. But here's the the meaning that I really like. It says to have a good report. To have it. To have it. To possess it. And the word here that It says before he was translated, he had this testimony. That is a passive voice, which means that you receive the action or you are the recipient of something, and that would be a testimony. Well, how do you receive a testimony? Well, you walk with God, you you listen for him, you allow him to direct your life, and you live according to the word of God. And as you do that, the Lord puts something in you or upon you. And that is called a testimony, to have a good report, to have it. God gives that to you and it, it dwells within you so that wherever you go and whoever you come in contact with, you become a witness of that which God has done in your life, that which the Word of God has produced in you, so that whether you speak, because sometimes you can speak, and other times it's not convenient you can't speak, you're in a situation at work or maybe you're around people that you just can't at that point, at that time, say something to, But see, the testimony is still there within us, and we carry that. We have that, and that can testify of the Lord. And it says here that he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, how did Enoch please God? Well, let's go to the Bible and find out. Go to Genesis 5. Because he lived for God, for this, that. But I want to show you from the Word of God what it says. And of course, we know this. In Genesis 5, we'll read a couple of verses. Verse 21 Enoch lived six, uh, 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. 300 years, and had sons and daughters. Verse 23, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and was not, or was nothing, as uh, the meaning here, the word not is nothing. He was nothing, for God took him. Now in verse 22 and verse 24, it says... Enoch walked with God. So the basis here for Enoch pleasing God was that he walked with God. Now, just because a person is a Christian or just because a person is saved does not necessarily mean, from this context we're looking at, that they are walking with God. The word walk there means to carry. And what is it here that Enoch carried? What is it that you and I carry? What is it that Christians out there in different churches in different parts of the country and world, what is it do they carry? Well, let's look at Deuteronomy 28. We are to carry something in us that is placed there, birthed there, and I don't mean initially being born again, because everything that is born of God overcometh the world. So that whatever is birthed in your heart and life by the Spirit of God, as you walk with Him, As as, uh, Paul says in Galatians 5, to walk in the spirit or to be led, passive voice, to be led by the spirit. So I am not the one leading my life. You are not the one leading your life. You're not the one leading the other person next to you's life. It is to be the spirit of God. So as the spirit of God teaches you, As the Spirit of God helps you to walk, as the Spirit of God leads you and guides you into all truth, that is in particular to you and your personal walk with Christ, as you stay there with Him, walking with Him, moving with Him, looking to Him, there is something that occurs in spirit that many times those who walk with him are not aware of that we carry. Remember this word walk here in the Old Testament. Enoch walked with God. He carried something. Or better put, he carried someone. And so the walk that you have today is going to be based upon what you see in Deuteronomy 28. Every single Christian falls into something here in Deuteronomy 28 that will lead to either carrying God or carrying this testimony like Enoch had, or something quite different Let's look at a few verses in Deuteronomy 28 here. Verse 1 Now it came to pass, um, excuse me, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the lord your god so the blessing will be upon whomever meaning the christian because verse 2 they obeyed the voice of the lord so obedience here for many things in the christian walk is a key See, and remember that Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom. What, what keys are you talking about? Some key that unlocks the door to heaven? No. The key to life, the key to moving further and deeper into the kingdom, the key to having a fuller walk with Christ, the key is found in the scripture and we as Christians must take that key and insert it in spirit so that it can turn and unlock and open what that verse is actually saying so if you want blessing now that's another subject you know people's thinking of blessing is kind of warped. If things go my way, I'm blessed. If things don't go my way, I'm not blessed. It has nothing to do with the blessing of God. The blessing of God deals with intrinsic value, the intrinsic value of life that he puts in you. That's the blessing of God. Not whether things go my way or don't go my way. Whether things are difficult or not difficult. It has nothing to do with it at all. So the blessing that God wants for your life and for my life will be found as you and I take the key. What key is that? What he says in this verse, for the blessing, if you obey my voice, you insert that key and do my commandments. Okay, now you open the door for blessing. Verse 9. Now, when it says that Enoch walked with God, this verse here in Deuteronomy, for me, opens this up very clearly. Do you want to walk with God? And I'm sure you do, or you wouldn't be here today. Most Christians want to walk with God. But... Once again, to walk with God, a key to the kingdom, the key to the scripture has to be inserted and turned. Verse 9, the Lord, this is the, the basis or the context here is obedience. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and walk in His ways. His ways. See, so, if you want to walk with God, you need to insert this key, and that is, you walk in His ways, not your own. It's what He wants, not what I want. Now, that's easy to say. But sometimes it's not too easy to do, right? But if we want the blessing, and if we want to walk with God, I believe that Enoch never walked in his own way. Now that's saying a lot. Maybe not never, but when he got in there, it says here that he walked with God for 300 years. You know, sometimes it's a concern for us that if we're going to live to 70 or 80 or whatever, that we remain faithful and walk with God our entire life. Enoch did it for 365 years, or 300 years. That's a long time. Wanting him, wanting his way in my life, and then resting in him. See, We can come to a place where we are resting in Him. So you just walk. (laughs) I take my little granddaughter, and at, at first when she walked, boy, it was like four or five steps across the room, boom. Now it's like, it's just, does she think about walking? No. When you got out of bed today, did you think, okay, well, now I have to put my right foot out, my left foot out, my right foot out, my left foot out, to walk? No. You got up and you just went. Your feet carried you, they know what to do. See, in spirit we are to walk with God, and He can develop something there in us so that you know we just we function in that and we walk in it and we're at rest. We're at peace and you know, we can just and we're not all in bondage, worrying about this and that. Horrible place to be. But walking with him is a good place to be. Verse 15. So the first 14 verses deal with obedience. When you come to verse 15, and I think through the remainder of the chapter, uh, it's dealing with, with disobedience. But it shall, um, it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully, all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you when? Which I command you when? You can talk. Huh? This day or today. That's, That's a key word in that verse because in Matthew 4, 4, when Jesus quotes this, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is presently proceeding out of the mouth of God. Does man live? So I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I just wanted to point that out to you. Which I command you today that all the curses will come upon you and overtake you. Now turn to verse 14 in chapter 29, Deuteronomy 29. I make this covenant and this oath not with you alone. But with him who stands here with us today before the Lord our God, as well as with him who is not here with us today. <laughs> so the Lord's saying, okay, just because you're young, it doesn't mean this isn't going to apply to you. You're going to have to live by the word of God too. And, of course, the next generation and a generation after that, he said, just not today, just not today, as well as those... Uh, with him, was uh, not here to, uh, with us today, verse sixteen. for you know that we dwell in the land of Egypt, and that we came through the nations which you passed, and so forth. Verse uh, nineteen. And so it may not and, and so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober. So he's pointing out here that the heart can deceive the person. Even though the promise is there, even though the word of God is there, that our hearts can deceive us into thinking that all is well. See, and and he's saying that they hear the word of the the curse, and and we know that many of the generations of the Israelites heard the words of the curse, but yet did nothing to change that and ended up fulfilling in their lives through the various um, generations almost every, probably every one of these verses. I know a lot of them I've I've seen in Daniel and Ezekiel and other other places, Jeremiah, where they actually fulfilled what the Lord, unintentionally fulfilled, what the Lord said in Deuteronomy would happen if they went their own way. So he says, you know, that he, he, he hears the word of the curses. He blesses himself in his heart and says, I shall have peace even though I follow the dictates of my heart. See, so the warning here is anyone, any Christian, any church that follows the dictates of their own heart will be deceived and they will not follow under the blessing, but they will follow under the curse. And, of course, that's kind of a broad thing... We're not going to have time to look at that. The King James says, Though I walk in the imagination of mine heart. In, uh, go back to Deuteronomy 28, verse 41. Thou shalt beget, or, or father, sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. That phrase, they shall go, is the same Hebrew word as walk. Enoch walked with God. It's the same word. So that as a Christian, we can walk with God or we can walk after the dictates of our heart. And as it says in this verse, they shall go into captivity. Captivity. Now, it's hard to comprehend. Christians cannot comprehend this many times. That if you walk in your own ways, you will move into captivity. Or another way to say it is you will move into bondage. And, you know, we hear this here so much. But there are Christians in other places or Christians in other churches that do not hear this. And they just you know, do what they want to do in their life, basically. Go to church, they read the Bible, and so forth. But as far as there being a true leading of the Spirit with some, that's missing. And they're not aware sometimes that they're following their own will and their own way and their own path and their own dictates. And remember in Matthew, I think it's 7, where Jesus says... um, that you prophesied in my name, you cast out devils in my name, you did many wonderful works, he says, but I never was acquainted with you. I, was, I never knew you in that because, see, my, my will for you was something different. So he says, depart from me, you who are working lawlessness. You're outside of my law, my word, what, what I want you to do. Let me see here. Verse 1, chapter 31, Deuteronomy The same Hebrew word is used, and we would not know that because you have to make a sentence that makes sense, you know. (laughs) When they write the Bible, the sentence has to make sense. Verse 1, then Moses went. Now, that word went there is the same word that Enoch walked and that the children of Israel could walk and, and move into captivity. Same word. So, Moses walked... You could say he walked with God and spoke these words to all of Israel. So Moses got what he was supposed to get from the Lord, and he went, or he walked with God, in that he, he was going to do what the Lord showed him, and he shows him the statutes and the judgments and the commandments and so forth. So Moses, even though he was dealing with the law, was walking with God. He was walking with God. Okay. um, Deuteronomy 28. Just back up for a minute here. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord or if you're disobedient, Uh, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. The word curses here, uh, this is from the Theological Word Study Book. It says, the absence of blessing. But that really doesn't tell me a whole lot. But the next meaning it had was this. Uh, The curses mean to lower to a lesser state see that's what the curses will do that will they will lower a person a christian to a lesser state so you could say this that disobedience will Bring a Christian to a lower or a lesser spiritual state. That's what Paul, I think Paul says, that you, you reap what you sow. Basically, what's taking place here. Disobedience will take you to a lesser state, whereas obedient, uh, diso- disobedience will take you to a lesser state, whereas obedience will take you to a higher place. Now, in in 1 Peter 2, see, when it says here that Enoch walked with God, just that alone doesn't tell you a whole lot, but if you look in the scriptures and you see what that is, then it tells you now that for Enoch to go to a higher place, and I don't mean when he was translated, before he was translated, he had this testimony. See, he had this, that he pleased God. So Enoch walked with God, and that means that Enoch was obedient to the Lord God. And his obedience was the the key that was inserted and turned to allow him now to go to a higher spiritual plane. So, what is it that you are to be obedient to, and I am to be obedient to? Well, we'll get to that in a in a little bit, I think. But in First Peter two eight, and this is talking about Jesus uh, and a stone of stumbling. Jesus can be. And he is to many today a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word. See? I'll read this from the Amplified. And a stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. They stumble because they disobey. So disobedience here causes a person... To stumble. Very simple. Now, in um, just uh, stay in old, in the New Testament for a minute. I'll go back to the old. Go to uh, Matthew. Or excuse me, Mark four. I'm going to read a verse from Deuteronomy again. This is Deuteronomy thirty verse seventeen. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear. Now. That's, you know, we relate that many times to the backslider, you know, people that have gone away. But, you know, the word can be very, very difficult sometimes to receive, especially if it's really coming sharp and quick. See, the word of God is quick or living. It's powerful. Even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So so the Lord, when, when his word comes, it divides so that that which is soulish now is separated. And that can be painful. And I don't mean for you, I mean for me too. It's painful. I remember early on in my Christian walk, I was a young Christian and um, I was sitting under Charles Hahn, and and I didn't know too much, but what I did know was wrong. (laughs) And it was painful, very painful. And so God's Word can come, and it's going to do what it does. It's going to divide the soul and spirit. Now the individual, everyone, it doesn't matter who you are as a Christian, it doesn't matter, we're at a point at which we can go in two different ways. Always, and this is and this is not going to change. It hasn't changed for me at all, and I don't think it's going to change for you. Um, but if your hearts turn, excuse me. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away. And worship other gods and serve them. I announce to you today that you shall perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which uh, you cross over Jordan to possess it, and so on. So he's saying that for the blessing to continue in my life. I have to be open to the word of God when it comes. And allow it to do what it's going to do in my life. And uh, sometimes when I sit down and study and the Lord shows me things, it's like, ooh, (laughs) ooh. And, And that's really good because, you know, he can take us over where we need to be if we're to the side at all. But in Mark 4, verse 15. Now, the word the word walk is interesting it means to carry now this here I want to show you this in mark 4 and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear so the word comes forth the word starts that that dividing of soul and spirit in, in the inner man and they hear. And as I said, now there's, a, there's going to be a decision here whether we are aware of it or not. We, we make these decisions. Now it says here in Mark, Jesus said, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in the heart. So disobedience leaves these individuals here On the wayside so the decision wasn't uh, to follow the word the decision was not to allow the word to work to obtain the blessing the decision here with them was well I'm not too sure about this and or whatever it may be and Satan sees that now he can snatch that away the word of God comes to you and I and that can be snatched away if we are not really, really careful and keep our hearts before the Lord and be willing to do what the Lord is showing us needs done. So if there is uh, in my heart an unwillingness, then now Satan's right there. You know, he's almost like he's perched on the shoulder waiting to snatch that right out. And, and there it goes. And the disobedience here is what keeps them on the wayside. That keeps them on the wayside. Um, th- this word here, wayside, means a road. Or, and this is what it's truly meaning here in this verse. It means a manner of life or be- behavior. Or you could say a way of life. So, those on the wayside have a way of life. And they're not going to allow, in many instances, the Lord to interfere with their way of life. Are you still following what I'm saying? So, let's just say that this is the way here, and this is the wayside. So, he's saying, according to, to what that word means, that... Those, When the word is sown on the wayside, people on the wayside have a way of life and behavior that many times they are not willing to change. Because if they would change that, then they could move from the wayside and then they could produce 30, 60, or 100 fold. I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about in spirit. Where there's an increase. So that now, because of their obedience, now the way of life that they were in is changed to his way. But many times over here, it is following the dictates of one's heart. And that thing there is very difficult to change. And and you know soil can be changed. You go out to your garden after the winter and sometimes the soil is pretty hard. You've got to turn it over. You've got to work it. You think the Lord can't work soil? Break up the fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord. Fallow ground is freshly plowed ground. Who's plowing the ground? Well, the Lord can plow the ground of your heart. So it's not that over here in the wayside that that's something that's totally useless as far as, See, God can can do something if there is obedience. Over on the wayside, this way of life, there is no walking with God. It's walking in the person's imagination, walking in the person's reasoning, it's walking in the person's will, they're walking in their own way. That's their, their life, their behavior, that's their way of life. But The Lord can change that, and that can be changed through obedience. See, that's the key that unlocks this door to bring about 30, 60, or 100-fold, to bring about, as we saw in Deuteronomy, uh, the blessing of the Lord in one's life. So there is no walking with God without personal obedience to him. There cannot be, and I like the Lord so much because he's patient, and I mean with me. There were many times when the Lord came, and I was like, it took him a while to get through and to, to get me moving, and he doesn't condemn. He doesn't throw us aside. He works with us to try to help us to, you know, get moving in in the right direction. So that all that the Lord has said, all the blessings uh, will come upon you in the inner man. I'm talking about spiritual development. See, that's the blessing. All that is released or all that is open to you and I, as we obey. Now, in Deuteronomy thirty-one. Now let's let's just skip that. I don't have time. the The question I have heard some years ago uh, from some people. Well, they say, "Well, you know, I want to be obedient to the Lord." but I don't know what to be obedient to. And, you know, I guess that's a legitimate question. Let me ask you this, and we'll kind of just kind of sidetrack for a second here. Has the law passed away? Yes, no, maybe so. Some you say no, some say yes. There are three basic areas of the law, three basic areas. One is the judicial, and you know what a theocracy is? Theocracy is what uh, in the Bible we see in the Old Testament with the Jewish people, where God set up the rule, God set up the laws, and so forth, and he was to be in dictation or dominance over the entire nation. And and that's the way he set that up and and you know eventually they moved out from that because they wanted a king to rule over them. So you had the judicial laws. Then you have the other area of the law which is the Levitical law, and that deals with the priests uh, how they the high priest would function, the other priests would function in in and around the tabernacle and the different Levitical laws, uh, the dietary laws, and so forth, so that you have that part of the law. Then you have the moral area of the law, and by the way, all the laws, I believe, fall in one of these three categories. Then you have the moral law. Now, when you got up this morning, did any of you think, well, you know what, today I think that I won't steal. Or, you know what, today I think I'm not going to kill. I'm going to kill someone. So, Do you think that stealing and killing has passed away? Is that part of the law? See, we don't think about that because, as Jesus said, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. So when we became Christians... So we know certain things are right and wrong automatically. And we actually walk in that, and we are actually fulfilling that. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. We're not under it, but see, it didn't pass away. It didn't pass away. So you learned to walk in something and fulfill the law. See, That law is not over you, but see, you don't kill, you don't steal, um, you don't uh, covet your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's house or whatever, hopefully. So so you're walking, you're not thinking about that. You don't have a list of those Ten Commandments in your house. But see, you are fulfilling that in your life. So some of those things, I, I, I believe that, that that's the way the Lord has intended it, not just with the moral law, but with even the commands that we see in the New Testament. Jesus said this, Paul said that, Peter says this. And if we walk with God like Enoch did, we can come to a place where we are fulfilling that which is already written because we are being led by the spirit see as we're led by the spirit all kinds of things happen that we're sometimes not even aware of but we start to fulfill this or that i remember when i was a younger christian and i didn't know much of the bible uh i remember reading something and i said geez since i've been a christian that's already happened i've already done that right how did that happen And that happened like two or three times to me, and I was kind of amazed that the Lord could take someone like me and, and change me so much that I could already be doing something that was written in the Bible I didn't even know existed, and it's already functioning in my life. I was like really taken aback. I was like, wow, that's really something. But see, if you walk with God... If you're not going to go your own way, you're going his way, you're not going to be on the wayside, you're going to be in the good soil. If you're going to go that direction, and you're going to move in the spirit, well, now you're going to start to fulfill different other things without even being, I don't want to say told to, but it's not going to be, well, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't go here, I can't go there. It's just like the spirit, you know, it's okay. And then when it's not okay, the spirit somehow communicates to you, tells you it's not okay. So the Christian life, if you're walking, like Enoch, walk with God. And it says and he was not, he, he, he was nothing. You know, we, we need to go down. And you walk with God in that place and all kinds of things you know, happen you're fulfilling this, you know. It's just it makes things in one respect so much easier. Now I'll go back to Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Two more scriptures. Verse fifteen. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully, and in the King James I believe it says, to observe to do, and um that whole phrase, observe, to do, is talking about keeping. That's actually the that means to hedge, to hedge up, to guard, to observe, to do, or to keep. And it's not just meaning. Now, in the context, it's meaning the commandments, the statutes. But if you go into the New Testament, Jesus says, you're living by my word that's presently Proceeding. So that the keeping now becomes internal. Now, of course, there's an aspect of the, of, you know, the, the physical. But see, it becomes something that is moving and functioning in your heart. So that now you're keeping that which the Lord is showing you, that which the Lord is giving you, that which he is illuminating to you, now you are observing to do. You are keeping that, and that is a spiritual thing. It happens inside that is now reflected in your walk. So that turn to 1 John. <coughs> so that when, when uh, John writes the epistle here, toward the very end in chapter 5, he makes this statement, doesn't explain it, but he just makes this statement, and you know he's, he's moving by the Spirit and giving that thing, knowing that those uh, who are walking with God will catch that thing. See, it's not, it's not that you understand it up here between your ears see, that's not where understanding comes. (coughs) Excuse me. It's that you catch this in spirit. See, there's so much that we need to catch in spirit that it just bypasses our, our understanding. But in 1 John 5, 18... For we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, keeps himself, keeps himself. And that is active voice. Active voice means uh, that you do some action. There's some action on your part, you know, internally. There's some action. Okay? And then just a couple more Um, just two more verses I'll just quote. Uh, This is in John 8. Jesus said, If a man keeps my sayings, he shall never see death. Do you know that you're not going to see death? You're going to say, What do you mean? I'm never going to die? No, we'll physically die, but you will never see death, Jesus said. "Because you're walking with God, death's going to come, and you're just going to go from you're going to shed this body and your spirit's just going to keep on going. There it goes. You're not going to see death. It's not going to have the effect on you that it does on other people. Even though they might view your dead body in some funeral home, still, you will never see death. Then he says here in John 14, if you keep my word... And so on, my Father will make uh, an abode with you. Or the New King James says, and and we will make our home with you. So there is this keeping of the word, that which comes to you and I, that's proceeding out of the mouth of God, uh, that divides soul and spirit, that comes to you and I, and now we can keep that, or we can keep, ourself, keep himself, John says, Uh, so that that becomes a key to open our hearts up to that which God has for us personally. Okay, thank you.